Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Check-In. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be here with you all today. Yeah. And um, so for those who may not know, the Monday check-in is this thing. Uh, hopefully you knew that much, at least, when you clicked on the button. Or you anticipated that much, at least, I suppose, when you clicked on the button. Um, but what we do during the Monday check-in is we essentially give a little preview of the upcoming Sunday. So uh, we'll take a look at the themes, at the scripture, chat a little bit about what uh, we think might happen on Sunday. A lot can change between Monday and, and Sunday. And, uh, and then we switch gears and we hop into a few sort of announcements, like the church and what folks might want to be aware of that's going on at First Press. So did I miss anything? I think you covered it all. All right. Would you then mind doing the opening prayer, Greg? I'd be delighted to. Let's, uh, let's do that. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to connect, uh, to study your word, and to share how it intersects with our lives. Bless our conversation today. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to how you may be speaking to us. We also thank you for the gift of music and the continuation of the Summer Sermon Song series. Help us continue to seek ways that you were speaking to us through these secular songs that we listen to. Uh, bless and guide this conversation. Bless and guide our preparation this week for worship and be with us each step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this upcoming Sunday, we continue the Summer Sermon Song series. I think there's two weeks. Or is this the last? There's two weeks left. There's this coming Sunday and then the Sunday after. Which is Labor Day. Uh, which is uh, Labor Day weekend. And so, uh, so we continue that this, uh, this coming week. And we continue it with a song, uh, I believe, written and also performed by Tracy Chapman. And the title of the song is, Greg? Uh, is it? <laughs> I'm not preaching. Greg is preaching this coming Sunday. And the title you might think song? that Greg would know the title of the song that he's preaching on. But well, it, it, goes, it not. goes by a colloquial title which is Jesus Loves Me, but I believe that the official title, uh, the, the colloquial title is I Know Jesus Loves Me, but the official title is Save Us All. How about that? That's, that was my confusion. I, I know what song. I just sure. couldn't, couldn't differentiate the, the, the colloquial title as well as the official title. So sure, sure. Uh, you can either call it I Know Jesus Loves Me or you can call it Save Us All, uh, written and performed by the amazing Tracy Chapman. Sure. Uh, classic. Just tripped up on colloquialisms once again. <laughs> isn't, isn't that just always the way it goes? Always. Okay. I'm working on sharing my screen. Okay, so you should be able to see the lyrics there. And uh, go ahead and hit play. And away we'll go. One, two, Three, four. 
Jesus loves me In my heart I know it's true I know Mary's little baby Came into the world just to save me I don't know about you My God, mighty big God My God can shake the world up Plagues and famines, frogs and locusts Walking on water, burning bushes Rolling the thunder, parting the waters too My God is good in the kitchen Make a good meal from bread and fish Feed the hungry, pour the wine Everybody's welcome to have a good time Sit at his table, enjoy the food I know Jesus loves me He says I should love you My neighbor So there you go. That's you go. whatever this song is called uh, by Tracy Chapman. I know Jesus loves me or save us all. On the album, it's listed as save us all. But if you Google search it, it comes up as I know Jesus loves me, which is, of course, the first line of the song. Oftentimes, songs are titled after their first line. Hence the mix up. Or at least that's how they're, one of the ways they're listed in the back of the hymnal. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and to go along with that, we have a couple of potential scripture options uh, for this week. 
Uh, the first comes to us from Romans. And yes, I know that the uh, songs in the hymnal are listed in lots of different ways in the back of the hymnal. This first line, they're listed by meter, they're listed by uh, composer, they're, some, they're listed suggested by scripture affiliation um, as well. So, yeah, I, I know all that stuff too. But most often I look them up by opening line or common title. Okay, so Romans chapter 12. Common title. Common title, the colloquial, the same thing. Yeah, no. Doesn't just, colloquial mean common? Um, I suppose. I felt like you were teasing me a little bit about use of the term colloquial title. <laughs> well, it just seems like a thing that you would get tripped up on. It's like some sort of colloquialism. <laughs> I get tripped up on colloquialisms all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Why don't we read some scripture? <laughs> Maybe from Romans 12? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, how about chap verses nine, chapter 12, verses 9 through 18? Let's try that. So this is Paul uh, writing to the church in Rome, uh, a church that I don't believe he ever visited. Uh, he had not, not sure. visited at the time he wrote this letter. I mean, he ended up, I think he ended up in jail in Rome at one point. But yeah. That so was a, a community, a church that uh, a community of faith that he did not found, um, but has heard of what's going on there and has written a letter. Maybe they asked him to write a letter. Maybe they didn't. Wouldn't surprise me if he just. Oh, sure. I'll I'll offer some insights on this. I heard some things that's going on in your church. How about I write you a letter? <laughs> Let me. Hey, I got some ideas. Uh, so from Paul, let love be genuine. And as far as ideas go, these ones are pretty good, I think. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And that's where we leave that passage. And then also from uh, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, uh, verses 22 through 28. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus. 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 It must be a colloquialism. <laughs> And said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself 
gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offspring. And there ends that reading as well. Greg, what do you got? Well, quite a little context for that reading. So Paul has had his conversion experience, and now he's on a missionary journey to Greece. And he's wandering through the streets of Athens, observing things. And he ends up at the Areopagus, where he makes this impassioned speech. So, um, yeah. And the Areopagus was what? This was a large open-air theater. And it was like a like a public place, right, where people would have made uh, speeches, participated in some, in like public discourse and debate, um, and that sort of thing. So, so Paul is there in that setting, sort of making an argument uh, amongst the Athenians for for the particular god that he serves. Correct. Right in sort of in amongst all of the other gods uh, of the area Paul is saying he's kind of found space within their context to say oh this this god that you call the unknown god let me tell you about this god and there you go yeah and and so one of the things I like about that is um, Paul sort of acknowledges their own context and and their own he's true to his identity as a missionary for this new Jesus movement uh, but he walks into a new context in Greece where there are lots of gods. We, I mean, we all read Greek mythology when we were growing up uh, in high school. And so that's sort of the context he's stepping into. And, and so he's walking through the city of Athens and he's seeing these different statues for different gods and observing, hey, these are folks who are, um, they know how to worship a god. Uh, these are folks who, who, who can see or understand spiritual things and mystical things. And so I'm going to speak to them on their terms. And starting with Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. Um, let me tell you about my God. Uh, and my God is the one who made the world and everything in it. My God is not limited by human hands or human minds. Uh, and uh, talks about uh, one shared ancestor, Adam and Eve, kind of like Tracy Chapman talks about. From, from one ancestor made all the nations, and, uh, and then for in him we live and move and have our being. And some of your own poets said, we are his offspring, we are children of God, right? And so Paul is taking the cultural context that he's in and trying to help relate to people in that context about his own experience of, uh, and his understanding of God. So that's what I, I like that verse for that reason. And I feel like it, it ties into this Tracy Chapman song pretty well, particularly that uh, second to last uh, verse she sang, um, which says, I've heard that your God's older Buddha, all of Krishna manifest with many faces, worship the world and over in foreign places. I assume your God must love you. And then Tracy Chapman goes back to her identity. I know Jesus loves me. So um, she's giving us uh, a way if you will, to think about interfaith dialogue 
to think about how to relate to other people from other contexts, uh, which is being true to yourself and acknowledging your religious beliefs and what you believe. And then within that context also, as we read in the passage from Romans, seeking to live peaceably with all, right? Yeah, yep. I was just looking up uh, when this song was written and released. Um, and it was written and released in, in 2008. Um, but yeah, there is, there is this strong sense within the song that, um, that, that Tracy Chapman has embraced the, the story of faith, right? That, I don't know, maybe she grew up with, I don't really have any idea um, yeah, so what the artist's background is or, but so like the story of Jesus and the story um, of the older Testament and it, she has embraced that. And that means a lot to her. Right. Um, and at the same time, there is this balancing of that. Like, this is my faith. This is what it means to me. Uh, this is what I hold to be uh, critically important about it. Um, and I believe it true. And also I, I see the faith and devotion of others and, and I recognize that and I don't quite understand it. Um, right. So I assume your God must love you. <laughs> um, she writes, but I still, I can recognize the, the validity of it, perhaps, maybe, uh, and I like that. I like the last stanza leaves um, leaves some like wiggle room open, right? So the last stanza is, "I know Jesus loves me, and my God is good and great and true. But if pride goeth before the fall, I hope someone's God will save us all." So there's this little space of um, openness, I think in the song uh, that leaves space for uh, other mysteries, I, I suppose. I don't know if I'm saying this well enough or not, but um, this is what I believe. This is what I find to be true, but maybe, <laughs> but in case I'm just being prideful in this, I hope somebody's got intervenes here at some point. Yeah. And I think uh, too, if we think about, interfaith work, we don't have a great deal of opportunity to have interfaith interactions in central Nebraska, but I've had uh, the chance to, to do some interfaith work um, with both Jewish people and with Muslims. Um, and if I were to approach interfaith work with pride uh, and arrogance about my faith and my God, there'd be no way that I could even enter into conversation and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like Tracy Chapman. I know Jesus loves me and my God is good and great and true. And I am firm in my identity. And yet in order to engage with other folks from other faith traditions, it's important to have a bit of humility. Um, and so I, I like, I, I too like that closing stanza that if pride goeth before the fall, I hope someone will save us all. I've got a a book in my uh, office written by the professor of mine at seminary who taught me uh, about ecumenical and interfaith relations. His name is Eugene Marsh. And his book is entitled The Wide, Wide Circle of God's Divine Love. 
And Dr. Marsh talked a lot about uh, he had been in a number of national and international interfaith dialogue um, things as a representative of the Presbyterian Church USA. And he talked about the importance of going in there. And he said, you don't want to be wishy-washy about what you believe. You don't try to hold back. You, 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 you claim your identity and you own your identity. And also you walk in with a sense of humility and acknowledging that this wide, wide circle of God's divine love is bigger than we can ever imagine it. Uh, and so that allows us to enter into those interfaith and ecumenical dialogues um, in, a, in a way that allows us to hopefully make connections and find areas of intersection uh, without ever losing who we are and our own identity or our own belief system. And I think that's just a, that it's such a helpful way to think about that. And again, not something we're necessarily confronted with here in Hastings too often, but, um, but we could be. And as there are more and more what they call the religious nuns, and duns, not nuns like the ladies that wear a habit, but N-O-N-E and duns, people who have left religion. So um, how do we engage folks like that who have stepped away from the church or who have never even been exposed to the church, much less folks who mother, may claim another faith tradition? Uh, and I think this gives us uh, this Tracy Chapman song, as well as the, the words of Paul in the Areopagus and uh, in his letter to the Romans gives us a a way to think about that and perhaps a way forward. Yeah. And I think that this, this concept of, of pride sort of standing in the way of, of some sort of interfaith dialogue or conversation or ecumenical dialogue or conversation. I think, I think that can also be sort of expanded and transferred to other areas of our lives as well <laughs> in any conversation right pride is one of the things that's going to prevent us from having some sort of really true conversation with someone right um if you go to have a, a conversation and you are a you're a real mozart person and you're like oh mozart is the best in the history of everything and and you're really prideful about that, and so then you're gonna miss out on all of the great other stuff as well, right? And I think that we we take a tremendous amount of sort of pride in who we are and the opinions that we have, and sometimes the the pride uh, in those things then prevents us from being open to hearing other like really considering other opinions and perspectives on on most anything right yep got the mute button just in time so you didn't have to listen to that sneeze oh. <laughs> um yeah and and paul writes that in his letter to the romans when he's speaking to this community he says live in harmony with one another do not be haughty but associate with lowly, do not claim to be wiser than you are. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Um, and I think there's just so much wisdom in that. Um, and we see that wisdom reflected in Tracy Chapman's song, where she is so clearly uh, articulating her own faith identity as one that she uh, 
owns. Um, you talked about her faith background. She grew up Baptist and she went to an Episcopal, Episcopal high school. I read an interview she did after she released this song in, in 2010 on NPR. And she talked about how uh, her Baptist uh, background grounded her in her faith tradition. But then attending an Episcopal high school taught her humility in faith and taught her how to engage in interfaith and ecumenical dialogue and how intrigued she was by that. So I thought that was a really interesting insight from, from Tracy Chapman herself. And it ties in directly to what we're talking about here. So, yeah. Yeah. And this, I, for me, it's, I mean, this also connects back to our, to things we've been talking about around First Press for a, a while now um, and connects back to, I'm thinking specifically about the Lenten devotional that that we worked through last year and and this idea of we feel we feel so many different splits and so many different divisions um, along political lines, along religious lines, along any other sort of line. And we feel that we see so many just different little camps all over and and not a lot of campers like willing to like go and check out the other campsites and see what's going on over there. Um, and, and this song, I think sort of speaks to that as well, this sort of sense that, um, you know, I, I can hold firm to what I believe and to what I think and, and still be kind and, and compassionate and considerate and still be willing to listen uh, and and hear what others have to say. I don't have to go along with it, um, but I can I can still hear it. You know. Yeah, and I think one of the phrases we used in that Lenten devotional guide was that empathy is not endorsement. And so I can hold empathy in my heart for, for example, Afghani Muslims who are being persecuted. Um, as Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. doesn't mean I'm endorsing Islam. It just means I'm holding empathy in my heart for a fellow human being, a fellow child of God. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's the, there's definitely strings we can connect uh, through what we've been talking about here at First Pres, particularly over the last year. So, yeah. So it sounds like this will preach. Would you agree? I think it might preach. Okay. Well, it's up to you to make it happen. <laughs> you say that now who knows what could happen between now and sunday you may end up being thrown into the pulpit okay <laughs> uh what's going on at first press greg uh lots of great stuff happening so this week uh we've been in the schedule where we have an outdoor worship service in the park at, at 9 30 followed by an indoor worship service at 10 30 we're switching that up on sunday and so we need to make sure we let the church know this um, because Sunday is going to be sort of our kickoff and orientation to our Christian education programs. So we're going to invite the church to come at 9.15 and uh, we're going to do an orientation to uh, our children's Christian ed programs as well as our adult Christian ed programs in what would normally be our Sunday school hour, 9.15 to 10.15. And then we'll do one combined worship service in the sanctuary at 10.30. Uh, so there's no worship in the park this Sunday because instead we're doing orientation to Christian ed as sort of our kickoff. Then we're going to wait a week uh, because it's Labor Day Sunday. And then we're going to go into our Christian ed uh, schedule. Uh, so if y'all want to join us to learn about what's happening with Christian ed, both for our pre-K through uh, all of our 
our students, our youth and children, pre-K through 12th grade, but also we're gonna be previewing some of our adult ed opportunities for this fall. And so we hope you can join us for that. Come to the church at 9.15 and then stay for worship at 10.30 in the sanctuary. Um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and then those, um, so the, our first Wednesday night live would be September 8th and our first Sunday school would be then on September 12th. So, uh, and those for folks that are curious, uh, we have every intention of being in person for those activities this year and to allow us and to facilitate being in person, then we are going to ask folks to wear face masks uh, during those activities. And uh, we're gonna do as much of it outside as we can, at least in the early fall to help reduce the risk of uh, any possible COVID-19 spread amongst folks, especially during meal times. And uh, when we are having students engage in singing in choir activities as well. So, and that was one of the things that came out of the recent session meeting. Yeah. So we did have a session meeting on Thursday session, of course, as a leadership council of the church. Uh, and that was the decision is that we're going to continue to try to keep the church uh, open and doing things as normally as possible with certain COVID-19 uh, safety protocols in place. And so we have masking in the building. Even if you're vaccinated, we're going to ask everyone to please wear a mask. Uh, and that's part of that is because we have a significant portion of our church who's not vaccinated, which would be our children under the age of 12, um, as well as folks who are, who are immunocompromised. And so for, for their sake, to show our love for them, uh, we're going to ask that everybody please wear a mask, uh, both for worship as well as for Sunday school and other activities in the building. Um, so that's what we're doing, and we're just really closely watching what's happening with COVID, and we'll keep you updated as a congregation in terms of what we can do to help keep ourselves and our community safe uh, and love our neighbors as ourselves. So anything else we need to cover? Um, you know, I don't really think so. I'd maybe the only other thing that I would maybe throw in is that uh, forum, uh, which is an adult uh, enrichment opportunity is set to kick off uh, there on September 12th. And uh, Dan Deffenbaugh is gonna lead the first four forum. It's gonna be like a little mini series on wisdom literature, uh, the biblical genre of wisdom literature. And that should tie in nicely uh, with what's going on in worship for those Sundays. So, and forum, the plan is also to be in person uh, with masks, and there will probably be a Zoom option as well uh, that folks could zoom into those, and, and we would record them also. But so it's not just the the kids that are getting ready to go; uh, it's the adults as well. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, should I pray? Please. All right. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for coming to us. We thank you for making your Spirit known to us. We thank you for calling us into these lives of discipleship as Jesus followers. We thank you for the truth and the beauty and the wisdom that we have known along this path. And we thank you also for the spiritual journeys of all. We thank you for the gifts of wisdom, of kindness, of generosity, of hospitality that are made known in a variety of ways, in a variety of faith traditions. Help us, oh God, to be curious, uh, curious about ourselves, curious about others, curious about all of the places where love is made manifest. In your gracious and loving name we pray.
Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.